everybody. Welcome to Guys 5 Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. You were listening to episode 12 of The Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was a robot as the main character, I believe was the correct oh, yeah. verbiage. Oh, yeah. So, um, Frank, uh, what do we got with a robot as the main character? Because I'm assuming you've seen... Um, a ton of movies with robots the main character that could be good um i have okay so uh, i had not seen this one mm-hmm. it was one that um i had avoided when when you read this title off i knew within like i'd say a minute what movie i wanted to do and then right after the podcast ended um i googled it and it was streaming on tubi and i was like fuck yes so like, you it's gonna through be some commercials movie. too then huh uh yeah they're they're probably the highlights um so at a running time of 132 minutes um tonight we're going to discuss uh 1999's sci-fi drama comedy uh bicentennial man oh shit yeah starring uh robin williams sam neill um and beth davids in a dual role uh, Wendy Crewson and Oliver Platt, um, along with like Stephen Root in a supporting role, um, Bradley Whitford in a supporting role, John Michael Higgins supporting role. Um, actually, a pretty pretty strong, solid cast for this movie. Um, that has done no favors by the cataclysmic abyss that this movie is. You know, it that 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 that's not even fair. Like, this movie is so earnest, but so bad that it's almost charming, but um, it's not charming. And this is written by um, Nicholas Kazan and is directed by Chris Columbus. So it's like even outside the cast, yep. like this has name, name value here. Based on a novella by the father of like modern, like fictional robotic theory, uh, Isaac Asimov. Um, so all of the kind of, uh, you know, ingredients to make something that could have been a compelling film and then just, so the plot of Bicentennial Man is that, um, Sam Neill is this really wealthy clockmaker. They never really specify what he does, but he does something with like clocks, um, who uses his fortune to purchase a basically what amounts to a robotic slave um this thing called an ndr which is like a lifelike seeming robot um that they name andrew so early in the movie now let me say like i i texted you guys in our group thread um that sam neil basically has three facial expressions which is um, bemused, confused, and ready to abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And all three of those are, are on display in, the, in this movie. So a very bemused and sometimes confused Sam Neill unboxed this robot um, for his family. Uh, they initially decide that they don't want the robot to have a personality. They basically just want like an unfeeling servant um so there's a young daughter who the robot calls little miss and then there's an older daughter that the robot just calls miss the older daughter hates the robot like Mm. thinks that it's an abomination basically 
the younger daughter is like in love with the robot um so they name the robot andrew um and this is robin williams playing this robot yeah. uh so basically over the course of like the first 30 minutes of the movie is like the early stages of the robot in the family <clears throat> shows him developing a personality um sam neil basically using his um his wealth and his clout to like he wants to have the robot examined to find out like because he's fascinated by the fact that the robots develop like this almost like sense of like human sentience in terms of like saying that it has emotions and stuff um the robot teaches itself andrew teaches himself to like carve and stuff so he's like whittling little um sculptures for the the youngest daughter yeah i need to um, i've never seen this i've never even seen a minute of this movie before so is robin williams like in a suit i think so i think it's makeup um it's too early for it for as good as it looks in that sense it's too early to be cgi so okay so but is it like a c3po like kind yeah of, that's kind of that's good. that's that's a really good way to put it okay all right take take c3o c3po and tweaky okay. from buck rogers and mm -hmm. combine them together and that's what robin williams okay. looks like okay um there's definitely some really vaguely unsettling uncanny valley things happening um when you look at robin williams face uh there's like 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 fart jokes and stuff um of course there is right uh there's one plot element where the older daughter um because she hates andrew makes him come upstairs to her bedroom and she's like hey walk to that window and she's like now throw yourself out and so he does and like it's all busted up Jesus. um so they have to yeah so they take him in for repairs um so over the course of the first part of the movie he kind of is ingratiating himself into the family and being considered by sam neill and his wife and the younger daughter to be part of the family so several times in this movie you get very indeterminate but jarring time shifts where like they just speed up events to be x number of years in the future so they do this early in the movie and all of a sudden now the young girl has grown up to be m beth davids um i mean she's not m beth davids but m beth davids is playing the her as a you know like an adult um the older daughter it, it does that weird thing where like it's trying to imagine what the future is so like in in this version of the future mm -hmm. um you know there's electric cars and the daughter has become like a quote-unquote punk so she's wearing like this ridiculous outfit with like a spiky karen haircut and dating a hispanic gentleman which i guess is like shocking mm. um so so this is set it's just so i i'm just looking at wikipedia so this was made in 99 it's like this is set in 2005 when like the robot is first introduced into the family yeah uh, which yeah. is really funny now <laughs> Right, because we still don't have real robot servants. Right. Um, it's so hard to talk about this movie. So you find out that basically Andrew has been 
making clocks like custom hand carved wooden like clock mountings for Sam Neill's company and is like a multi-billionaire basically like he's earned like all this money with these clocks never understand never explains like why these clocks are so expensive or how they're earning so much money at him but anyway he does so he's working on his clock um one day and he's talking to amanda who's the Beth david's character and he's like so how are things going with frank and frank is like um, and Beth David's boyfriend and she's like oh well you know he asked me to marry him and Andrew's like oh you don't sound too sure and she's like have you ever met someone that like just makes you laugh all the time and you're so comfortable with and he's like yes is that how you feel about Frank and she's like no it's how I feel about someone else and it's obvious that this bitch talking about this robot and he's like, oh, and then he makes like a joke. And she's like, ha, 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 you make me laugh so much, Andrew. And he's like, yeah, I'm a robot. And then she goes and marries the other dude, right? Did that kind of coyness trigger you in any way? That was terrible. Um, well, first of all, I was made really uncomfortable because I was like, yo, is this plot line that like Embeth Davis wants to fuck this robot? Yeah, she's going to bang the robot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she doesn't yet um spoilers right well no 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 it's even worse it's not a spoiler trust me like you can't imagine what i'm going to tell you so they have the wedding and andrew and sam neil are like sitting outside um andrew has this weird thing he can do where he can pop out like this holographic projector from the top of his head and like project an image so he's projecting images of the wedding and they're talking about like her being grown up and Andrew's like, well, I'm part of your family. Like, I don't want to leave. Like, I want to stay here with you. Um, so then uh, Andrew and Amanda are talking and he's like, they're at the beach and he's gathering driftwood to like make some more fucking clocks or some shit. Um, they're at the beach and she's like, she's she's divorced at this point because yeah like that that just happens and she has a kid um who's brett who will become bradley whitford but at this point is just like a little dick who basically treats andrew like the eldest daughter used to treat andrew eldest daughter is also written out of the movie at this point and never mentioned again um it's good right i i guess she just went and like hated robots somewhere on her own in her bohemian punk lifestyle um so they're at the beach and and beth davids is like andrew like you know you've been in our family for a long time like what is it you want and she's still like trying to angle for some dick or something but she's like in her i don't know like 40s at this point and andrew's like well little miss the thing i want most and mind you he calls her little miss all the time right he's like the thing i want most in life is to be free i want my freedom and she's like, but you can do whatever you want. And he's like, yeah, but like, you understand I'm still your slave, right? Like you can tell me to do something and I got to do it. And she's like, well, we make suggestions for you to do things and you do them. And he's like, right. Cause you're telling me to do it. And I have to, cause I'm a fucking slave. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, well, you should go ask my dad for your freedom. So Sam Neill is like an old man at this point. And Sam Neill, mind you, has treated this robot like, basically a son the entire time and mm-hmm. 
there's a the whole plot line where they take him back to the robotics company and the robotics company wants to disassemble him because he's like defective but sam neil stands up for him and he's like he's an individual he's a member of my family that would be like you saying that you want to like lobotomize my wife you know i mean you you can't like take him apart i just want him to i want you to give him you know like turn on his personality not 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 turn on his personality chip basically like give him these upgrades or whatever so then robin williams or you know fucking andrew goes to sam neill and he's like hey um mr martin sir um i've served you for a long time and all your kids are grown and you know i don't i don't want to be disrespectful but i want to like have my freedom i want you to consider me you know like a, a a free being where i can go and like live in a house by myself and i'll still come over and you know help you and everything but i just for me like i need to feel like a you know like like a free man and sam neil's like get the fuck out of my house you betrayed me i never want to see you again and so he just leaves and he goes and he like erects this fucking majestic log cabin on the beach which i don't know how he just let to build on like some private beach but he does that shit and he gets a dog and i mean that that happens later the dog part so anyway so he's living on the living on the beach and then um the father is dying so he sends for him and he comes back and he's like i was wrong andrew you deserve to be free i never should have been an asshole and then he dies and so then sam neil's out of the movie at this point because he's dead um so then andrew is like again like and beth davis is like you know like you can just stay here with me and you know you can be free with me sure. and he's like he's like but here's the thing i want to go find all the other versions like ndr robots that exist and i want to see if anyone else is the same as me in terms of like have they developed a personality and she's like well that's like i don't know they make up some number like a thousand robots and he's like and they're all over the world and he's like and it might take me a long time to do it but i'm gonna walk and find everyone now mind you this fucking robot is like a multi-billionaire all right like he's super rich but he's gonna force gump it like across the fucking world oh yeah and then he does right so every robot he finds like none of them are like him so finally he ends up in um I think it's like San Francisco or something. And Oliver Platt uh, is running this like robo business. And he meets this robot that's got sass. Uh, Galatea is her name. So he's at the. So let me. Let me bring up a really big pet peeve about movies that I have. And I really find this like egregious about Christopher Columbus specifically who directed this movie. But a lot of these fucking like his ilk do this shit. So Robin Williams um, ends up at this market and he sees this robot like buying produce at this market, like gathering up produce and she pays for it. And then she like swings down and hits some button on her hip and Aretha Franklin's respect starts playing and she like sashays away, like all sassy, Mm -hmm. like singing respect. Now, let me say this. Mm -hmm. It's like 2020 at this point, right? Like right. in terms of the movie universe. Sure. No motherfuckers listening to respect. It, it's not Aretha Franklin isn't what's playing on her goddamn hip walkman or whatever. I hate it when these fucking old ass directors insert like some stupid fucking music. And respect is a really good song. Like, don't get me wrong. 
but have some like prescience to put i don't know like something else like it's there like no one is listening to that music from like 19 whatever respect is like 60 something in 2018 future world where robots like live among us anyway so that really bothers me so i think you're I, i think you're underestimating like how many people might listen to respect right now i guarantee you go and talk to any like hip 20 something year old robot and ask them if they've got respect on their playlist and they ain't playing respect on a regular basis i mean okay that robot's got like 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 do a lippy or do a lipper or whatever her name is like 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 jamming out or fucking um what's her name the sad one uh i don't know anyway Billy, right. Billy, Billy Eilish. So anyway, so he that follows her back. Now, the sad one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he, sorry. He follows her back to um, Robo Robocom, like Robo headquarters, mm-hmm. and Oliver Platt's there. And Robin Williams, Andrew realizes that this this sassy woman robot just has her personality chip turned on, and Oliver Platt has like customized it to basically be his ideal woman. Okay, also so it's real quick. Yeah, that is. Is this, I, I just need to understand, is this um, Surly Platt or is this Nice Guy Platt? He only has two, um, he only has two modes. So This is possibly sloppy, drunk, but friendly Oliver Platt. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that, that is a, that's a sub-variant of Nice Guy Platt. Yeah, yeah. right. It's, drunk, it's where you can, Platt, like, yeah. you can see, yeah. like, the cartoon, like, gin flies, like, around his head, like, as he mm-hmm. moves about. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Robin Williams uses his um, infinite knowledge that he's gained over the course of like his entire X number of years of existence. Say at this point, it's like 30 years that he's been alive or whatever Mm -hmm. to help Oliver. uh, Oliver Platt is the son of the man that created the Robin Williams unit. That's why he's like, has his own personal robot like this. Right. So they develop a range of robotic replacement parts for humans, including like a skin that they can wear so they transplant this rubbery human-like skin onto andrew and turn him into robin williams so from this point he no longer looks like a robot he's just robin williams Mm -hmm. so now he's like all right well i need to go back and see little miss like i need to you know go back home so he goes back to the home um which is still the same home that sam neil lived in because uh, I guess now M. Beth Davids lives there. And he walks in and there's M. Beth Davids playing the piano. And um, there was a subplot earlier where like they learned to play the piano together when she was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And it was something they did like throughout the course of her like teenage years and adult life. So Robin Williams goes up and is like, hey. And the woman screams is like, ah, who are you? And he's like, it's me. It's Andrew. She's like, who are you, Andrew? <laughs> so then old woman M. Beth Davids comes down the stairs and twists that's her granddaughter because he's been gone for so long trying to like find robots or whatever that her son they hide this from the audience yeah yeah yeah, you never see any of this shit so because when the last time you saw him Beth david's you know she was saying like hey andrew like you stay here that is that's some quote unquote unquote free Mm -hmm. um so her son grew up to be bradley whitford who's a successful lawyer who had a child that is the exact splitting image of M. Beth Davids mm-hmm. 
who has now grown up to be like 20, I guess. Yeah, because she says it's been 20 years or something like that. Okay. Um, which still doesn't make any sense. So maybe Ambeth Davis is like 15 or 16 at that point. Like as um the granddaughter. Uh, yeah, what is that? It's it's a terrible name. Uh shit. Hold on. Portia? Yeah, Portia. No offense, Portia de Rossi, but like it's dumb in yeah. this context. And you're probably the reason why this girl is named this. <laughs> um <clears throat> so the girl is initially hesitant to like she doesn't like him. Like it runs in the family that like the eldest kid is gonna be shitty towards the robot. Um but him and Embeth Davids like build a relationship again. And then uh, like old woman Embeth Davids, and then she dies. She has a stroke and she dies. Um oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I got some things confused. So Bradley Whitford grows up and becomes a successful lawyer. And that's when Andrew is like, I want you to use your immense powers of law to find all the other existent NDR robots that are out there. And I want to go talk to him. And he's like, so you'll be gone for a long time. And Robin Williams is like, yeah. So then he goes away for 20 years. Um, And that's how M. Beth Davids part two, uh, Portia is like an adult. Okay. So M. Beth Davids has a stroke and dies. Uh, So Robin Williams is all sad and alone and living in his little cottage um, and befriends a dog and the dog doesn't really ever do anything like he just kind of has a dog and then mm-hmm. they don't talk about the dog anymore sure. and you presume the dog dies because at this point this guy's like 80 years old almost 100 so he goes to Portia's house and Portia is a sculptor and like fine arts restorationist um, because of course she is mm-hmm. and he's like hey I hate you and you hate me but um, do you think we can like be friends with each other because we both loved your mom and we got nobody else and she's like yeah cool um, we can talk and be friends and so they become friends even though they hate each other initially um, but kicker uh, Portia has a boyfriend who's wants to marry her who's basically the same as um, Frank was that her mother mm-hmm. made. and so Robin Williams or Andrew um, is like, why are you marrying this guy? He's a dick. Like, I make you laugh and I make you happy. Why don't you just be with me? Now, mind you, this is the granddaughter of the woman that was trying to F him before that he was like definitely in love with too. Right. Um, And she's like, ah, but she's just a robot. So then Andrew goes back and has a dick put on him. And also like other human parts, like saliva glands and lungs and shit. So basically gets all of his innards replaced and he gets a dick. Mm -hmm. And there's a conversation between Oliver Platt and Robin Williams about what you do with a penis and why it feels good to have a penis. And I swear to God, that's like a conversation in this movie. And then Robin Williams goes and sees her at... um, her engagement party and it's like oh i can't let this happen so then he goes and confronts her when she's like getting ready for a marriage and he's like look i got all these working parts now and i just want to be with you and i know you want to be with me because i make you laugh and i make you happy and she's like but gary or what the fuck ever um 
he loves me and he wants to provide more. And she's like, yeah, but you'll never be happy because I watched it happen to your mother and she got divorced because she was miserable and you don't want to end up like that. Um, and he's like, just let me kiss you once. And then if it feels good, um, you know, it's right. And if it doesn't, then I'll leave you alone. And so then they make out rapey. (laughs) Yeah. They, they make out in this church and she's like, Oh, that wasn't a short kiss. And he's like, well, do you want it to be longer? And then they start making out again. So then they, they have sex, um, and wake up the next morning, uh, and, because he can eat now too he has like a stomach so he can like yeah so food. so he's he, he basically they implanted a nervous system into him am i understanding this correctly yeah basically they they, okay. they, they, they turn him into a person okay but with robot parts so he's not like truly a person right okay so they're at breakfast the next morning like basking in their postcoital like robo sex bliss and um he's like well now we're together and she says yeah but you know it's going to be tough for society to accept us because you're still a robot and he's like well i'm not a robot though because i have feelings and emotions and i love you and i got i got this dick and she's like well i know what to tell you like people are still going to think you're a robot and he's like that's exactly what i'm going to do i'm not going to stop until someone says that i'm a human being like i want to be recognized as a human I want, I want him to recognize these dorsal nerves. Right. Right. So then um, he goes to Space Congress and goes in front of Space Congress and he's like, hey, man, like, you got to declare me a human being. And Space, like Palpatine, I don't know, like the dude that's in charge of Space Congress. It says no, right? Because this movie can't just end. So yeah, he's like, "Well, you make really good points, but ultimately, I'm gonna die, and that person's gonna die, and that dude down there is gonna die. But you, Andrew, you're gonna keep living." So then Andrew's like, "Ah, oh, oh, so the Tin Man needs a heart, right? Well, yeah. he has a heart. It's just not real." But here, I'm getting to what happens there. So Andrew's like, "Ah, oh, cold disc." So he goes back to Oliver Platt, who's still alive somehow and says i want you to give me blood and i want that blood to age me so at some point i'm gonna die and oliver platt's like yeah but if i do that you're gonna die and oliver and robin williams is like that's the point yeah that's the point (laughs) so he does it and then he goes back and he's like look um portia we love each other and we can grow old together and die together um and i don't want you know you to have replacement parts to get because that's the whole thing now is that like because of these innovations um people can live for a really long time um because they have these robo parts in them and he makes that point he's like well senator i know you have a a heart that i designed that's keeping you alive and he's like yeah fair point but i'm still gonna die um so then he goes back to um space space congress like part two and this is like another like couple decades in the future. So now there's instead of an Christ. old white man sitting in like um like the head chair, there's it's an old Stacey Abrams. It, it's an old black woman. Yeah. Um, and she's like, Yeah, well, you know, I guess at this point we can finally concede that you're probably a human since you've gotten all old and now you're gonna die. So then him and M. Beth Davids lay down together. And this nurse comes out and she's like talking to him. And it turns out the nurse, you ready for this? The nurse is Galatea, 
with like skin over so she looks like a real person now um and they die uh-huh. and uh-huh. that's the end of the movie uh-huh. and when they're when they're in bed like dying together she's like i'll see you on the other side and he's like i'll see you soon baby and then they both die so basically um, this was an excuse for 50 year old robin williams to like make out with um uh, like a, 20, a 20 year old or something like M. Beth davids mm-hmm. yeah kind of <sighs> um it's more it, there isn't really a whole lot of like actual like sexual contact i mean they kiss but it's not like untoward or anything it's more the concept of this robo dude has been basically playing the long con to fuck the granddaughter of the lady that wanted to fuck him in the first place yeah and he's well, like, maybe he just and maybe he just didn't feel comfortable until he like looked like a human he's insecure she didn't mind she was all about that robo whatever Right. I mean, he's naked the whole time. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He starts wearing clothes at a certain point because he's like, it's kind of unseemly for me to be walking around here like robo stuff all hanging out, even though there's, it's just, he's a Ken doll basically at that point until right. he has Oliver Platt install the robo D onto him. Right. All right. Yes, that's it. Bicentennial. So, 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 okay. So you, you described the plot now to us after 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> I can tell, I understand, like, from your description, generally how you feel about this movie, but, like, mm-hmm. tell me more, maybe succinctly, of, like, what your review is of this movie. Like, well, what was it like watching it, and what did you think of the, the elements of this? Um... Yeah, if I'm going to take my, like, sarcastic, um, condescending, like, review hat off and just, like, look at it objectively... This movie suffers from the same like problem that a lot of late 90s comedy suffers from, which is that it's way it's way too earnestly in love with its own sense of self-importance. Like it thinks that it's like an important movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just trash. I mean, it gets really bad performances out of some really good actors. Um some mediocre actors too uh but like it's maudlin and it's way too long and it's also just generally creepy a lot of the time um because the question that it doesn't ask and definitely doesn't answer is like if this robotic being can gain sentience and consider itself a human like what's to stop all robotic beings from doing the same thing and then what need do you have for humans at that point like it's basically maybe like a prequel to terminator 2 in some ways like mm-hmm. you kind of assume that like there's some skynet shit going on somewhere um right. yeah the acting's pretty poor uh the direction is lackluster i guess i mean it's chris columbus so you're just getting you know like cookie cutter studio film like number 72 or whatever from chris sure. columbus um again really wrong-headed in the terms of the like i don't mind the whole idea of like you know do androids dream of electric sheep shit like like at what point does a sentient individual change from being like an object to a you know a being or whatever um and handled differently it would have been a really interesting movie to like ask those questions 
um but it really just is a romance i mean that's all it is it's like a romantic comedy with like the weirdest creepiest premise mm-hmm. i swear to god like if if you don't do anything else try and find the scene where they're talking about him getting a penis and why he wants a, a, a robot penis and just watch that scene because i was in horrified awe that i was actually watching what i was watching and i thought this movie was made in like 2006 or something i was amazed when i saw it was 99 yeah and while you were talking i was like reading through the original story that this was based off of nothing with the like necessarily robot penis or the or the relationship stuff is in the original story because asimov is always concerned about the idea of the three laws of robotics number one which if you're not familiar is a robot cannot harm another person a robot cannot um whatever counterman the commands of a human unless the human is commanding the robot to harm someone else and a robot can defend himself unless in doing so puts a human in harm right like those are the three Laws of robotics. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of sentience is a really interesting idea. Sure. You know, like you look at stuff like like two thousand and one or Portal, the video game, or even something like like keeping the video game stuff like Fallout. You know what I mean? Like, there's all kinds of science fiction media that posits the question what makes a human a human and at what point do you consider something human like at what point does something is able to make enough abstract like reasoning that it's able to be it's able to be considered you know an actual like yeah, sentient it's a fascinating topic what's the term on this guy that has all kinds of people on his podcast but um i but he's into artificial intelligence stuff so i hear like a lot of talk about artificial intelligence when i listen to these things and it's a fascinating topic this doesn't sound very fascinating no no but i mean with the cast you could have legitimately done something that was probably thought-provoking and um worth watching and instead you just do robo dick you know like jokes and yeah um it makes it very very it makes it much less interesting than than it should be so can we um, can we bring again, up a topic that's related to this movie real quick that uh, I don't think we've really ever discussed before? Sure. Robin Williams' movie has never made a podcast list. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason for that. Yeah, why? I don't like him. Yeah. You don't um, like his stand up. You don't like his acting roles. Like you don't like what? What? I like some of his acting roles. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like him in Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. I think he's pretty amazing in the fisher king mm-hmm. um i think he's good in in good morning vietnam like i think that's mm-hmm. a good character mm-hmm. uh i actually like him in world according to garp even though i'm not a big fan of that movie i think that's a really good performance right um i actually think he's brilliant in one hour photo that's mm-hmm. um yeah playing that's against his, type but uh i think that's his next role after this like uh, like yeah is it really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does a voice in AI, um, but it's like a small cameo. Like his his next official role is um, one hour photo. He misses Doubtfire. I'm not gonna not gonna front. Right. So so what? Movie. Tell me about the Williams that you don't like, and and how close is this Williams to that Williams? 
I find that sometimes, listen, and I hate talking about like a guy that was like genuinely like a modern icon in terms of sure. like a comedian and also like someone who, you know, is no longer with us, like is yeah. deceased. Um, He's way too full of himself. Like, I can't stand his um, smug self-centeredness, kind of, that exudes from, like, some of his characters. And I really feel like, um, like, it comes out in some roles, like, where he just feels, like, so smug about the role that he's doing. Mm -hmm. And that happens here. Um, you watch shit like Patch Adams, like whenever he thinks he's doing an important movie, mm. where it's not just him, like kind of giving himself over to the character, right? Um, why can I not get a fucking Robin Williams? What's it called? Filmography. Wikipedia can be the absolute worst thing in the world. Yeah, it was hard to find. It. Like it was just buried. Um. Anyway, so Dead Poet Society is a decent performance. Awakenings is a good performance. Like Patch Adams is terrible. Um, Doubtfire is terrible. Birdcage is terrible. Um, he's fine in the Night of the Museum movies, but that's the other thing too. Is it's like I'm not a fan of his manic, hyper. Um, stand-up routine and i think that like when that character comes into one of his movies i don't like that either so mm -hmm. and here, yeah. he's actually very restrained here because he's playing a robot um and granted like a robot with human emotions but still like having to subdue himself I yeah basically like pretend to be robotic at mm -hmm. times um yeah i don't know yeah, I don't know why I don't, I don't know why you want me to talk shit around Williams, but I just find it because we're never going to talk about him probably except for some maybe one day one hour photo and I mean the day I get like a Good Morning Vietnam on a list. I mean maybe the yeah, best of times I'll get the best of times on a list someday. I bet. I've never you seen that movie. Really? Oh yeah. Well, maybe I, I never will. <laughs> I ain't I ain't seeking out no goddamn Rob Williams movies. Get out of here. It's got Kurt Russell in it. But does it have Robin Williams in it? It does. Those are the two leads. Like, um, I I really dislike... I really dislike him in... um, Like, Mrs. Doubtfire, for instance. I think it's... I think it's a really crass performance, you know? Like, I don't right. know. It's, cr not... it's a crass movie, I think, in hindsight. I mean, like... Uh like at the time like it was it was accepted but i mean i think it's just yeah it's close common denominator to me um but you hate the mork side of them yeah that, that's the thing you dislike no 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 that's the thing is like i love mork yeah mork mork from mork is one of my favorite um shows from my childhood you don't know my mork from work stories no oh yeah i i'm a big fan of mork from work hmm. um because he's not playing a real person there. He's playing an alien, you know? Yeah. Interesting. 
like i can take that i guess and plus like there's a lot of nostalgia there because i loved it when i was a kid um haven't i ever told you like my my big work from work story i you might have it'll be one of those things you tell me and then i'll remember that you said it so i must have been three or four because we still lived down in um baltimore yeah and um the phone rang and i was allowed to answer the phone um as a kid because i was i was pretty mature as a kid and so the phone rings and i go and answer the phone and i'm like hello and the person's like hey is your dad there and i say oh may i ask who's calling and he says it's mork from work and i go oh my god because like in my head it's like i mean i knew robin williams was like mork from work's calling my house like it's crazy so I get off the phone, I like put the phone down. I'm like, dad, dad, Mork from Mork is on the phone for you. And he said, what? And I said, Mork from Mork is on the phone. He's like, Frank, Mork from Mork is on the phone. I'm like, he is, I'm telling you. And I was like marking out. I'm thinking like, oh, Mork from Mork is going to come to my house. Uh-huh. It was Mark from Mork mm. was on the phone. Mm-hmm. So for like that's good decades of my life, I would get made fun of um, <laughs> about mark from work because my poor fucking well your adolescent idiot. brain wanted it to be oh ad, it wasn't adolescent it was um jesus infantile toddler-esque i don't oh, know okay. what you even call like a four-year-old gotcha. oh okay yeah i was i was i, I, was, I, a, hear I, was, that young. I was a baby man gotcha um no i like mark from work yeah I don't I'm trying to I'm trying to picture what movie it's from. Like I'm picturing him with that face all scrunched up and like tears in his eyes thing where he's just like fuck I can't think what movie that is. It's a really distinct picture in my head, but I can't remember like where it's from. <clears throat> but it's something I legitimately um legitimately hate. Like when he acts I guess like when he's emoting, I don't know. No, I look, I get it. Like I, I, I don't even disagree Dude, with you. I, the I think there's things I, yeah, right, sure. Oh, look, there's tons of terrible movies that like, you know, look, I I think I think in nineteen whatever, like the mid nineties, like I when I first saw the birdcage, I liked it. I think now, like if I, I I have seen parts of it and it's like I would watch it now and I would be really turned off by the entire thing just for like the way the subject matter is presented to some degree but like that's the Robin Williams that gets on my nerves right well let me say this about let, let's talk about the birdcage birdcage specifically mm-hmm. La Caja Fall is a good movie mm-hmm. the movie that the birdcage yeah. is based on mm-hmm. because it's not pandering it's not i don't know like he just he just like infuses this base common denominator element <clears throat> to certain movies that he makes and it like it just makes them less appealing like it makes that character much less interesting or appealing because he just does a caricature it's just robin yeah. williams doing a bit right Right. Let me tell you, let me tell you who the more acceptable Robin Williams-esque actor is, is Phil Hartman. Like a guy who <clears throat> is also doing a bit, but somehow it's, there's just like more humanity to it. 
mm-hmm. from a comedy standpoint. Like I'm never put off by watching Phil Hartman um perform and like I can be really put off by watching Robin Williams perform. Right. Like there's a lot of times where I am not Well, a I fan. think Phil Hartman throws himself into a character more, but I mean <clears throat> Well, that might be true. You know, maybe that isn't. Maybe it's Phil Hartman still retains like some I think what you of... said about like the stand up, manic stand up thing, like coming through in a lot of his performances is exactly right about Robin Williams. I mean, I think it works really well with something like Adrian Cronauer in Good Morning Vietnam because there is a part of the stand up comedian to a disc jockey. And it's like, I think it like allows him to like work that dramatic side and work that comedy side in a really good way. But there's a lot of things where he forces that comedy stand-up comedy stuff into his role and it doesn't come out looking very good a lot of yeah. times so um but no I, I mean, we're not going to talk about him that much like so might as well talk about him now yeah that's may all, as that's, well that's, right? that's, that's that's all i wanted to, that's all i'm trying to do is give rob williams a little bit of a little bit of space on some podcast sometime some year lucky fucking me um we could be we could be dead tomorrow frank cyber attacks from russia i don't think they're gonna kill me no we, but they're gonna maybe they'll shut down our internet we won't be able to do the podcast anymore um <clears throat> there we go. life finds a way chris casper <laughs> yes all right so what's your what's your chagrin score on this thing this shit's this this shit's a nine hmm. no <sighs> it's not a nine it's an eight eight okay yeah, it's not as bad as Larry the Cable Guy calling Health Inspector. Like right. that's that's gonna be real, real, real hard to top. It's so close though. I mean, like the thing is, is that the stuff where like he's he's talking to Oliver Pratt about trying to get a Robo Dick mm-hmm. is actually meant to be like heartwarming and um romantic, kinda. Like, that he wants to, like, change himself so he can, like, love this woman because he's been told that um that the love of a woman, like, through physical contact, if, like, a man and a woman love each other. Um, it's a very cis narrative, too, by the way. But, like, he's been told that that's, um, that's the best feeling, like, that, um, that someone can have. And, like, laying in the arms of your love is the closest thing you'll get to heaven. It's all very, like, you know, mm-hmm. purple prose-esque, but sure um but then you're thinking about it, you're like what he's really saying is you know you gave him some nerve endings so now he wants a dick so he right. can like bang bang this chick that's sure. the granddaughter of his yeah. the yeah. woman that he loved original mm-hmm. so yeah yeah it's weird it's a weird movie yeah and I, again the uncanny valley aspect of him in this costume is um is very off-putting. Yeah, I haven't looked up pictures. Do it. And somehow even more off-putting when he's just walking around as Robin Williams. Yeah, I don't know. Look at look at Sam. Oh no, hold on. Look at Sam Neil right here. All right. Is it what kind of what kind of Sam Neil is that on his Wikipedia page? Bemused. Bemused. Okay. Drunk. <laughs> yeah, he does look drunk. Um. All right. You want Sam, s- Sam? Sam Neil is consistently confused in Jurassic Park. 
I don't know. It's just every once in a while he's like a bad guy and that's ready to abuse Sam Neill. But um, right. Most of the time he's either amused or bemused or confused or bemused. Confused, yeah. He he's like um in uh oh what's the in the mouth of madness like he does a mixture of um confused and ready to abuse mm. like bemused early on when he doesn't believe like what's happening right got that condescending uh sam neil you get in the beginning yes yeah the the artist right all right so let's go ahead and spin the wheel for next week and then i'll see if you have anything else a post tarantino imitation wolf i've seen so many of them i know that's what made it so good i think that was bledsoe's recommendation um and I thought it was brilliant because I know you've seen so many, so you're going to have to dig deep on that one and watch something that's probably ugh, <laughs> not. Maybe very... I'll just maybe I'll just pretend like I've never seen um, Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag or something. Mm. And just watch Two Days in the Valley. No, I can't pretend I've never seen that. I hate that fucking movie. Boondock Saints. <laughs> I can't pretend I've never seen that either. Right. Uh, um, there, there's plenty out there. Plenty out yeah. there. Yeah. Um so and I think that is the only thing that'll probably be crime on the spin chagrin, honestly, to some degree, unless you like specifically choose something. Um I think that is the only kind of thing that is crime related. Well, we already talked about um the condemned. Right. That's very Yeah. Um what was that category for? I don't even remember wwe movies right so it just happened but it's sci-fi fantasy crime i guess like i mean you kind of chose that is what i'm saying like you could have won many different paths and yeah i I tried to i watched leprechaun first right so this is the only one that i think specifically it's going to end up being a crime movie of some sort um yeah post tarantino imitation i mean those the those those last for a while like 15 years almost yeah you sound so pleased <laughs> I, i'm 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 um number one i don't know i don't know what i want to do like right away mm-hmm. like nothing is coming to mind immediately because right. everything i think about i've already seen uh-huh oh yo is that post tarantino I gotta look up when that movie came out. I might have one. Mm. Like we'll I said, see. I actually when when that was suggested, I remember looking it up to see like you know what is kind of considered like Tarantino like imitations and stuff like that. Um, and there are so many that I don't didn't even know existed. So there's tons out there. If you Google it. All right. So crime next week. Um. I, I have one thing I know that I wanted to bring up um, and get your reaction on, but um, did you have anything else like this week that comes to mind? No, nah, you know, um, watch some good movies over the next or the past few days. Mm-hmm. Um, 
gonna do uh we have our fresh five coming up here shortly um it's gonna yeah. be pretty good i think beginning of my yeah yeah uh i don't know happy spring i suppose nice to um nice to have warm weather back yeah it's kind of annoying to me like a little bit i like the warm weather but it's like gets chilly at night still um depending on the night uh but yeah it is nice um be able to sit outside again so have you heard about the doctor who news that tenant is coming back to reprise no. No, no 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 it's different new doctor who news um that so you know about like davies coming back to write doctor who and like be the showrunner and everything like russell t davies that did the initial run of eccleston and tenant no i did not know about that yeah so because of the kind of like floundering ratings and poor reception over the past like few years from like kind of the end of capaldi into um oh, i forget the actress's name but um that, that took over doctor who they basically like there's a restructured deal where they brought back Davies who said that he was never going to be involved in Doctor Who again and basically just have given him the keys to the kingdom to where it's like he can just do whatever the hell he wants and has even more control than anybody's ever had before over Doctor Who and the reports are that he wants to create almost like a Marvel the way it's being reported as a Marvel style universe with doctor who where it's like that's the flagship and there's almost like he tried to do with like torchwood and the sarah jane adventures like like he was trying to do them but it's like basically have this like universe built around doctor who and they are in conversations to get you grant to play the doctor um to bring notoriety and to like star power to the role um so, so how tenant, do you, tenant is not reprising his role uh apparently not no i think that was either misreporting or it fell through or something um but yeah. it's 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 like davies confirmed that they are in conversations to get you grant to play the doctor so how do you feel about you grant somebody with that kind of name power playing the doctor uh i'm fine with it i guess yeah i don't particularly care um i have will it make you check out doctor who if you grant is playing the doctor yeah yeah sure yeah. more more hugh grant than uh uh davies mm-hmm I mean, I like a lot of that um, Russell T. Davies stuff. Mm -hmm. And obviously, uh, the you know, I think you and I both agree that the David Tennant um, Doctor Who stuff is like our favorite Doctor Who stuff. Um, but I think that is sometimes in spite of Russell T. Davies. I think that's more Eccleston and... David Tennant and um, what's her name that plays Rose and what's her yeah. name that plays Donna and mm -hmm. you know I mean th those are the people that it's the performances that make you love Doctor Who 
and and the the writing but not necessarily the plots like it's like the same plots over and over well it's interesting to me that he he wants to create a marvel style universe which would mean building upon things and he was a very old school writer it seemed as a show uh, not a writer showrunner in the sense of like you think about those seasons um that he ran of doctor who and it was very much like, you know, here's an episode early on that kind of introduces maybe like the big bad of the season. And then it's just episode, 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 episode. Last two episodes are related to the big bad. And it's like, it's a very old school style of storytelling that didn't necessarily build on things. Um, and then he just rinsed and repeated that for four seasons. So <clears throat> it's interesting that he wants to do something that has long term story building, universe building when that doesn't seem to be his mo that was more moffat's thing more than anything like when he took over with matt smith um was kind of like the mythology and the long in the, the broader story universe building um so it's interesting that he wants to do that because that's not what he's particularly known for um so yeah it's weird like it's all weird to me but let but, me say this like I don't find the Doctor Who universe particularly interesting at all. Like to me, the inner again, the interesting thing is the person playing the Doctor, sure, sure, and the person playing his companion. I don't think it's an interesting universe. So if you're asking me, am I interested in like seeing more of something that I'm not interested in? Um, no. I mean, is it, do you, do we even know if the universe is interesting? In some no, ways? I know it's not. I know. I've seen enough of it. It's not. It's boring. It's fucking Star Trek bullshit. It's goddamn, I don't know. You don't like Daleks? How many times can you see a Dalek, right? Like, there's some really good Dalek episodes, but it's like, have some other things happen. What if they it's make like, the Dalek gold-plated like Johnny Five? Oh, right, I know. Uh, or, or, or what if the Cybermen are secretly disguised as, like, trash compactors? Oh, shit. But now it's all of a sudden, it's it's Cybermen. Ooh. Yeah, I... No, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I think it, they if they're going to try to universe build, they probably have opportunities to go beyond those things. Um, I'm, I'm thinking... I'm just thinking more about you, Grant's Doctor. Do you think that it's played in more of, like, a how do you think you grant does something like that i'd be that's what i'd be interested to tune in and see is like how he plays the doctor if he takes it over which is is it more like a tom baker is it more like kind of like a guy who's like quick-witted but grumpy like with occasional mm. with an occasional grandpa energy like is is that how he plays it like I, i'll be interested to see how do you think like uh, i think it's him? Yeah, I think it's probably more a combination of like Matt Smith and David Tennant combined together. Hmm. So it'll be um a wide-eyed, like naive kind of guy mixed with a certain sardonic sense of humor, I guess. Yeah, see, I, yeah, it's interesting. You think he's gonna play in wide-eyed? I, I would think more world weary. I mean that that's kind of Capaldi though, right? I guess. And what the season I saw of him before I stopped watching it. Yeah. Um I don't care about fucking Peter Capaldi. 
Um, I just found that they were just repeating the same stories. Like, how many times can it be? Here's the Tory party um, of England. <laughs> oh no, they're all really Cybermen. Or oh no, like it's actually some other fucking alien that you've seen a million times before. Right. Right. I, I, I get you. Um, it's 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 the strength of the episodes that will always make something like that survive, like on an episodic level, I think. And um, yeah, and there's some really great episodes during the Davy stuff. Some of them written by Moffat himself, and there's some really great Moffat episodes um, during his run as well. Uh, but like, yeah. let me let me give you an example. Both of us really love the Family of Blood. Yes. Storyline, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Way too long. It's unnecessarily long. That's every Doctor Who. Well, it's, yeah, it's two episodes long. Yeah. Right. And it's it's too much. Like, it's not. I don't know. It's like Davies, like, stretches shit out for the. For the yeah, sake he, of... he, he does the same thing with the and episodes that I overall I really like is like the one with the, the kid, like. And the gas mask during World War II and the Eccleston yeah. season. Like, it's two episodes, and it doesn't really need to be two episodes. Right, like, that's a one-episode story, and you could tell it just fine. Sure. But that's and- my point about shit like, like the family blood. Like, and I, I don't know how you shorten that to one episode, but, like, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Um, and I know they're doing serialized TV, but you're only doing eight episodes a season, like, yeah. or 10 or 12 or whatever yeah. the fuck. I think it was, yeah, it's like 12 or 13 for those seasons. But no, I, I understand your point. Um, yeah, I just wanted to really get your thoughts on, like, uh, your reaction on Grant and the Marvel style universe thing. Like, I don't know what that means, but um, because you, you didn't watch Torchwood, right? A couple episodes. Well, you made me watch some shit. Right. You were like, oh, this is really good shit, pal. And yeah. yeah. And so we watched a couple of scenes. Yeah. First two, first two seasons are are good of that show. The one where they cross over the American stuff and Mackay Pfeiffer's in it is uh, awful. But, um, that comes later. Oh, all right. You got anything else then? No. Um, No, I really don't. I don't know. Okay. Well, it's only been a couple of days since we did the podcast. Um, so please check out our um, last episode that we did. It's long, um, but if you got some time to fill, I think it's worth it, where we reevaluated the Oscars from movies from the years 1990 to 1994. Um, what, are, what, are the, what are the like the hot takes, I guess, in that episode, you think, Frank? Like, um, shitting on ghost yeah um, is that really a hot take though? yeah i think a lot of people I, a lot of people like ghost rank um eh, they don't know what they're doing uh more silence of the lambs talk i remember like in terms of deconstructing silence of the lambs and the positives and negatives of it um god there was something you like had a hot take on in like 1994 and i can't remember what it is but um it's during the pulp fiction year 
but yeah there's there's a number of like probably controversial opinions in that roughly three hours long where we go through and basically go through all the major categories of the oscars for each of those years uh this week we'll be returning to horror as we go through the uh top five horror movies of 1972 and uh then we'll be back each week with the spin chagrin and then uh for the primary podcast we will be covering top five paranoid thrillers in april the top five horror movie remakes that are as good as the original and then the top five horror movies in 1973 so um we got a we got a full slate coming up like for a while now um all building up to our 150th episode yeah all right thank you for listening we'll be back next week with a post tarantino imitation have a good night deuces